Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. We want mercy, but then when it's our turn to be the judge, we don't give mercy. Our country's young has made major mistakes, major, major mistakes, but they've done major, major great things. I stand here in a country and serve the country that I'm standing here preaching the gospel and I'm free to do it. There's brothers and sisters in the Lord that have to meet secretly and fight over a page of the Bible to just read the Bible. They, I mean, they, they don't have microphones and seats and air conditioning. They meet in homes, and if they're caught, they will lose their lives. So I think that's the reason why we should say thank you to our veterans to fight, that who have fought to keep our freedom. Amen. I know... Before I joined the military, and some of you guys might not believe this, some of you guys may have thought that my mother had given birth to me over a baptismal, and I was birth filling, was baptized at the same time, came out speaking in tongues. That didn't happen. It just, it didn't happen, Jayla. I, I ain't always been saved. So I was out there, and the Lord touched me at one point in time, and I, I didn't even give my life to Christ. Somebody must have been praying hard for me. And I said, I have to do something with my life. And I knew because I was just super rebellious. There was no way I was joining the military because I don't like people telling me what to do. I was too old to join the Air Force, which was the easiest branch. <laughs> too much of a man to join the Navy. So, so I mean... I said, you know what? There's no way I'm joining the Marines, right? <laughs> ain't doing it, Quincy. I ain't doing it. I said, man, I'm going to go in the Army. But the problem is I had two sons. And I knew if I joined the Army, I had to leave my sons. Now, if you guys don't know this, you're about to know, is I had two sons. I wasn't married. And I hate to put it in this term, I had two baby mamas same time. But I love my boys. I've always been in their lives. But I looked at them and I said, there's something I got to do to make me better, to be a better man for my children. I didn't have the discipline to do it just to do it. You know, like people say, well, I'm going to do it. I didn't have the discipline. I tried and I failed miserably. So I said, I'm going to join the army. But me joining the army required me at least to be away for at least six years. Away from my children. Six years. I can't be a father away from my kids. It's hard enough being a dad seeing your kid only every other weekend. That was just a low blow to some of you gentlemen out here. It was. I'm just going to be honest. There's no way you could be a meaningful father and be, have a meaningful relationship with a child only seeing him two times a month. I do for him. I buy diapers. They need you. And I knew my kids needed me. But I had to make a sacrifice. See, I know that if I sacrifice now, I'll be greater for them later on. But what happens with us a lot of times, we get so caught up in the, in the fact of the sacrifice and how big the sacrifice and the suffering is that we can't see past right now. We can't see past tomorrow. Realizing that the, the glory in your sacrifice is going to happen later on down the road. 
Some of y'all might remember the term. It gets greater later. The Bible puts it in it this way. He says, the, the glory of, how does it go? Your latter days shall be greater than your past. But I knew this, and I knew that I had to sacrifice my relationship with my sons in order to be a better man for them later on down the road so that they will have opportunities, so that I will be evident and present in their life. I had to sacrifice today and tomorrow for next year and the year after. Six years. Needless to say, it paid off. I'm not in prison, Chauncey. You knew me. I'd have been dead. But I knew I needed to make a sacrifice to keep it going. And, and what happened? Part of the result is, and I know you guys, where, where's he at? Where is he in? He probably went in the back. My son, he's the youth director here now, my eldest son. <laughs> plays the drums for us. Loves the Lord. Married. Got a baby on the way. He did it right. Because of the sacrifice that I made. Now, I'm a, granted, granted, watch this. Just, just as a side note, this has nothing to do with the preaching, but I just feel led to tell somebody this. There was effects of me leaving because kids don't understand when dad's not there for the baseball game. Kids don't understand why isn't dad coming to school during parent-teacher night. They don't understand the sacrifice then. They don't understand it while they're young. They don't understand all that. But when he became a man, and I began to explain to him, son, I'm sorry, but I had to or you wouldn't be speaking to dad right now. With that, God began to touch his heart and began to show him that I, it was necessary, the sacrifice, that it was necessary for us to have the relationship we have now. It was necessary for me to get where I was at. But I had to endure the suffering to be able to receive and hold the glory that God has for me today. If I never went through the suffering, I'd never receive the glory. If I never went through the suffering, I will never receive the glory. So today, the title of today's message is this. It's just simply put, no guts, no glory. Saints of God, you have to have the intestinal fortitude to be able to go through something. Oh, my gosh. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to start off at 16. And it reads this, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction. I'll read that part again. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amen. A light affliction. I don't know about you, but you read the scripture, and somebody right now is going through something. You're like, this affliction is not light. It's about as heavy as it gets. God understands that, though, but he's saying, no, no, no. What you don't understand is because you're busy focused on the affliction and not what's going to happen afterwards. He says, this affliction that you're dealing with right now is light. It's, it's easy. It's, it's no problem because the glory that I have for you is, is going to far outweigh the hardship you're going through right now. 
but you have to endure the affliction. I love it. He says, the weight of glory, which tells me there's a weight to it. It's, it's heavy. Now, many of us here have been asking God for glory. God, we want to see your glory. We want it to show up. And, and most of us probably haven't said it in that way. Some of us aren't super churchy, you know, because we're like, God, show me your glory. No, sometimes we're like, we're like, God, I just want healing. God, I want you to touch my body. And God, deliver me from these, this stuff and, and, and get this person out of my life. When you're asking God for these things, you're literally asking him for his glory. We want to see God's full manifestation of his power to be evident in our lives. We want healing. We want deliverance. We want joy. We want peace. But I have to tell you today, listen, God cannot be controlled. The glory of God cannot be planned out, and it can't be maintained. It can't be aimed how we want it. We have to realize this. We can't demand God's glory. We can't demand it. God is God. He never changes. He's not a part of our plan. We're a part of his plan. There's a difference. Parents, it's like your kid telling you what to do. Well, Daddy, what we're going to do today is I'm going to wake up late for school, and instead of going to school, we're going to go eat breakfast at IHOP first. Because I felt in my spirit, Dad, deep in my spirit is we should go eat first. It's like, no, kid, no, no. We do that with God. Dad, he's our father. But we start ventures, we do things that we feel in our spirit. It's not our spirit, your flesh. It's your own will. And you feel it, and then you start praying, and you call the pastor. Pastor, I need you to pray. I'm about to start this venture. And then you call the prayer team, and I need you to pray. Pray that God blesses what I'm about to do. How are you going to ask God to bless something you want to do? The Bible states that the footsteps of a righteous man have been ordered. God already ordered your footsteps. He's already planned out a plan to have you a part of. So guess what? If you're doing God's plan, you don't need prayer to ask him to bless it. He's already blessed those steps. You just need to be saying, look, look, I need you to pray that I'm doing what God desires for me. You guys were here, was it, last, was it last week? It seemed like a couple weeks ago when Pastor Crystal was sitting here talking about how she had some plans, and then finally when she prayed, God was like, quit. She's like, wait a minute, I've been going to school for four years. I'm about to graduate. Do what? God said, I never planned that for you. I want you to quit, and I got a job for you at a tanning salon. God, God that don't... that. That's minimum wage, God. I, I, I don't know. I don't know about that one. God said, I need you to go to this tanning salon because the righteous, the, the footsteps of a righteous man or woman has been ordered by God. I had already preordained your steps. See, what we didn't realize, and she didn't put a big emphasis on this, she, but see, she quit school, got the job at the tanning salon, Three weeks later, meets her husband at the tanning salon because he happened to be stationed right by where she was at. He was in the military and met her. And now I've heard the other half of the story because he talks about I walk in his tanning salon on a humbug. Big, tall, white guy. He 
wasn't looking to get a tan. He just, his friends wanted to go do something. It's like, man, what do you want to do? They don't drink. They're all Christians. Like, I don't know. Let's go to the tanning salon. Can't get in trouble going to the tanning salon. So he goes there and meets Crystal. The man that she met becomes a pastor. She's now a pastor's wife. She's co-pastoring with her husband in Seattle. God had ordered her steps. And if she had never listened to God, look what would have happened. But she wouldn't have received that glory if she didn't have to suffer. Because can you imagine going to school all that time and God going, quit? Like, wait a minute, God. You tripping. Why are you playing? Listen, you guys, God's plan, God's plan for his glory to show up in your life demands, listen, it demands sacrifice. You can't just be sitting around not doing anything and say, God, let your glory show up. He's like, uh-uh, my glory only shows up after sacrifice. God's glory demands sacrifice. Sacrifice demands suffering. Suffering demands patience. And patience requires hope. You can't sit down and start suffering without having patience because I promise you, people only want to suffer that long. Okay, how many women went into labor thinking, I'm, I'm not going to get an epidural? <laughs> we got, like, you didn't think, yeah, some of y'all was like, I'm taking a shortcut. <laughs> Give it to me now. <laughs> right? I'm trying to tell you, my wife and we were all like, no, we're going to supernatural, a supernatural childbirth. Hallelujah. It's going to happen because we believe we trust in God. Hallelujah. Ten hours later, please just give it to me. I don't care. It's like, ma'am, stop moving. You're going to cripple you. I don't care. Just shoot it in my back. I don't want to suffer long. But see, you guys have to understand, you'll suffer if you knew what the reward was at the end. See, if you know what's at the end, then you know what to hope for. So if you have hope, it's going to give you patience. And you'll be able to wait patiently through the suffering because you know what the reward is. Okay, okay. Now, the children of Israel wanted to see all of God's glory. They wanted to see the deliverance. They wanted to see their captives, you know, put in chains and burnt up and all that other good stuff. They didn't mind wanting the glory, but they, they didn't want to suffer for it. They would rather see somebody else suffer, and unfortunately, that, that happens because God had set up a plan for them to let other things die and suffer instead of them. Such as, anytime they wanted to be forgiven of their sins, they get a lamb, and they would kill the lamb in their place. So what died wasn't them, it was something else. But they took this attitude with them into regular life. I'm not suffering anything. God, is there a bull or something I can kill so I don't have to suffer? Come on, somebody. They had this mindset. They wanted the benefit of the glory, but they didn't want to have to suffer to get it. Sound familiar? Sounds like what's going on today. I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, let me, let me just ask you guys something. Okay? You guys ever want to go to the movies? You guys like the movies? And you work hard for your money? The movies is, it's actually getting into the movies isn't that expensive. It's not. It's, you get, you worked hard, you got your money, you're in line, 
100 people behind you, right? You got enough money, get the ticket. You got enough money to get in there, get some popcorn, some milk duds, a soda, large. Okay, we get in there? Hot dog, nachos. Maybe an unsalted pretzel. You got all this money for that, but, but here's the thing. You're in line. Watch this. You're in line. You know you worked hard for the money you got. And you go to pay. No, no, you ain't even bought the food yet. You got, you got to get in. You got the rest of the money waiting because the money that you have left over from the ticket, you want to use for yourself to get something extra. So you're going to pay the ticket. There's 100 people behind you. And the lady at the counter says, That'll be $1,325. You're like, wait a minute, for a ticket? She says, yes, not only do you have to work and hard for it, but all your suffering, you need to pay for everybody else's ticket too. Does that sound familiar? You're the one with the money, so everybody else wants the benefit of your struggle. Everybody else wants the benefit. They don't want to work for it. They just want you to pay for it. It's an analogy See, what happens is when you work hard, when you suffer for something, you want to make sure that's for you. But most people, they don't want to suffer for it. They just want the benefits of it. That was the children of Israel because they know if they want the glory, they're going to have to suffer. But instead, they go, no, I don't want to suffer for it. You suffer for it so I can receive it. Exodus chapter 20, watch this. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance. In other words, when they see God's presence, they wanted to get away from it. And they began to tremble with fear. And they said to Moses, you speak to us and we'll listen, but don't let God speak directly to us or we'll die. See, they knew that if they got in God's presence, something had to die. You can't get in God's presence just be in your flesh. Do you know the Bible says that no flesh will glory in his presence? See, they didn't want any part of their lives to die. I mean, you, know, you guys don't understand that. I, I don't want to go to work, but I want the paycheck. They wanted the weight of glory. But the weight of glory will kill you if you're not ready for it. You guys are, okay, you guys are going to get mad at me. You see people that rise to stardom in a, like that? And all that stardom and everything overtakes them. Whitney Houston. Okay, some of you guys are looking at me sideways. I could talk about Bobby, but you don't want me talking about Whitney. <laughs> Bobby's the one that did, I, no, she introduced Bobby to crack. Crack is whack, remember that whole thing? My handlers here. God, God's presence requires sacrifice, and sacrifice requires suffering. And, and sometimes we aren't willing to give that sacrifice. We're not willing to give a sacrifice. We're not willing to sacrifice our comforts. We're not willing to sacrifice our own plans. We're not willing to sacrifice our own expectations. And we're definitely not willing to sacrifice our money. Hmm. Got that right, Pastor. The children of Israel knew that if they saw God for themselves, it was going to cost them something they weren't willing to give up. 
There's things that God wants from us. He's ordered our footsteps. He has a glory that's waiting on us, but we're not willing to give up a lot of different things. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, there are no shortcuts to the glory. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, I'm going to explain something to you guys because I'm looking at some of you and you guys are like, what is all this glory talk? And you're talking Hebrew or something, ancient Greek. No, I'm not. I'm going to break it down to you, you know, just in a very simple way that we all here can understand. First of all, let me explain to you what glory is. Glory is praise and honor. Glory is something that secures praise and honor, right? So I'll put it to you this way so you guys understand. Most of us, if not all of us, are seeking a physical glory. Okay, I'll put it this way. Most of us, if not all of us, and I will say all of us, want to be fit. Can I get an amen? amen? We all want to put on the two-piece bikini and the Speedo. I'm just saying. And not feel bad about it. It's like, I mean, hey, I look good. There's, I don't, I, you put on the, tie, the, the pants type. You don't, want it, you don't want the muffin top. Okay, see? Now, I, I know that there's a difference between wanting to and doing it. Everybody wants to be fit. Everybody wants to be in shape. I haven't met one person that looks at me and goes, ah, yeah, yeah, I just like being out of shape. Yeah. No. But here's the problem. The road to fitness is a hard one. If it was easy, everybody would be fit. Right? There, there was a time, there was a time we used to call the building Christian Fellowship, TBCF, the buffest church in Fairfield. Turn, you guys turn around and look at Chris. He, he just, he's so buff, he just strikes poses. He don't even know he's striking buff poses. I'm just telling you. But here's the problem, saints. Diet and exercise is a lifestyle. It's not a season. Yeah, some of us diet and we do these exercises because we know we have an event coming up. <laughs> some of you, you laughed a little too hard. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> yeah, high school reunion, wedding, something. Well, I got to get this dress on or these, this suit. Got to fit this suit. And what we do is we do everything we can because we set a goal and then we, we start changing our lifestyles. And we will endure the suffering of dieting until we get to our goal. And we're looking good. Oh, man, we look good. But the problem is we haven't set anything or any expectations past that, that, that goal. And then we go right back to doing what we did before. The hard part about it is it gets worse. You can't just eat a piece of pie. You eat the pie. It's like you, don't, you go to the store, it's like, can I get a piece? You'd be like, no, uh, can I get pie? They're like, how many would you like a piece? No, I want the whole pie. Don't cut it. Just give me a fork with it. Right? It's what happens. Because we don't want to continue to suffer. My God, I, I, had, to, I had to do this. My wife. Everybody's like, oh, pastor, don't. It's been a year. It's been one year that my wife went on this journey of being healthy. Now, mind you. I love my wife to death a year ago. I'm going to stop. Um, 
I loved her. I loved her to death, okay? But she started this diet, and she had a goal, and she had this plan, and Thanksgiving came up. Mm, mm. She had a specific diet she had to be on. Now, Thanksgiving came, and Papa can make these sweet potato pies. Oh, my gosh. It'll get you saved again. If you are desiring to be filled with the Holy Ghost, order one of those pies. I promise you, you just eat a pie, you'll be a shot shot by Hey, hey, jeez. No, okay. <laughs> anyway, so we're eating all this food because God didn't call me to suffer with her during this time. He didn't speak to me. I didn't hear him. He didn't say, John, suffer with her. I, I, was, I blessed my food and ate it. She couldn't do it. But she decided to suffer because she knew there was a goal that she was trying to get to. So she endured a light affliction to prepare herself for the way to glory that she now has. Over 60 pounds later. Glory. God is good. Okay, I'm sorry. Ah, yes. Where was I at? It's funny, you know, it, it's funny though, because right now I'm like, I shouldn't be thinking like that. But I'm married. It's legal. It's holy. Now we ain't sharing about that. Okay. Back to the subject. In order for me to keep the glory of being fit, I have to deny myself certain pleasures. There are many things that we suffer to maintain the glory of fitness. Am, am I right? There's people in here, and I know, I, I mean, like, people, if you guys are friends with Tammy on Facebook, I love what she does. She always is posting her meal preps. I don't know how much, Tammy don't lost a, a whole person. I, I don't know how much weight you lost. If, if she had all, everything she lost, there'd be another person sitting next to her right now. Tammy looks great because she suffered the affliction to get the glory she has now. And I'm, I'm loving seeing you guys. Jenny, I love to see how your life has changed. The glory of your hard work is evident in your lives because you chose to suffer. Instead of suffering for a minute, you're still suffering. Because I will eat in front of you guys in a heartbeat. Now, many people try to obtain this glory, listen, by taking shortcuts. Somebody say shortcuts. There's no shortcuts to the glory. Yeah, many, many people try to obtain what my wife and, and everybody else has by taking diet pills. It got quiet again. It got quiet last service. I said diet pills. Everybody's like. You mean to tell me if I could lose 30 pounds by taking a pill and I ain't got to work out? Sign me up. All y'all should have said amen. Because I got them. I was just wanting to see what you guys was going to say. Somebody's like side effects. This is a side effect of working out. Get healthy. But we use diet pills, the electric ab machine. You guys seen that on TV? Try to keep you from doing sit-ups. 
little electric thing. You put it in your pocket. You put it on your stomach. Goes. You see in the commercial, and the dude's going, "Yeah, I, I feel it all in my core. It's, it tightens my abs. Yeah, it feels really good. Buy it. Don't work." The other thing is that I'm seeing now is, listen, men, I'm not talking about women, men, they don't want to go to the gym. They don't want to get under the iron, Bobo. They don't want to do it, but instead they'll go out and get implants. It ain't just for ladies anymore. So what men are doing is they're getting pec implants to make their chest look bigger. So they can walk around. Biceps, calf muscles, so they look big. Watch this. They have the appearance of the glory, but it's not a real glory. Because when it comes time, you may look strong, but when it comes time to use that strength, it's all fake. You, you, you guys know when you got something heavy lifting, you get the biggest dudes you know. Everybody in here calls Bobo when they want to move. Like, I got a, a car engine I need lifted. Call Bobo. Because Bobo ain't faint. Bobo works hard. Bobo gets up at 3 in the morning, 2 in the morning, sometimes 5 in the morning, and works out. He suffers to get what he has to obtain the glory. Do you see the connection? See, because he suffered, he can take and, and receive the weight of glory. And when times of trouble, he's able to use that glory to help himself out or help somebody else out. Because the glory ain't just to be seen. Now, it is Veterans Day, and I have to talk about something. In, in being in, I was in the Army. Some of you guys don't understand that experience. Stan does. Marine guys understand, too. But let me explain to you, Air Force and Navy guys. Um, your hotels and all that stuff. Yeah, they get to stay in hotel. Quincy, you ever stay in a hotel? Stay in hotel? Not until we got out. Anyway, so watch this. So we see people, they walk around with uniforms on. You ask them stuff like, hey, man, where did you serve? Well, you know, I was 75th Ranger Regiment. Man, we were deployed in Afghanistan 20 hundred times. I was there each time. I fought uh, in the Valley of Korngal. I did this. I did all that. And then you go, man, what, really, what was your commander's name? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, so you get people that will steal glory. They want to talk like they've been there. They talk like they've been through it. But the problem is when trouble hits, when the trouble comes and hits them again, you could tell that they had never been through the tough training and the crucibles and, and, and all the stuff that they got to go through even to become a ranger. But they want to say they're rangers. That's just like us as Christians. We want to talk about we're Christians and, and yes, I love God, but we ain't never suffered. We ain't never struggled. We ain't never sat all night on our knees praying. We ain't never fasted. But yes, I'm... I'm I'm, I'm a Christian. If there's no affliction, saints, there can be no glory. The affliction, the persecutions, the trials, the tribulations is what strengthens you to handle the glory that God desires to place in your life. You're going through some struggles right now, saints of God. Listen to me very carefully. There's things that you've been going through, and some of you have been going through them for years. For years. 
and you're trying to get out of it. You're trying to find, you're asking God, help me get out of this. God, help me escape this. Why am I going through this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Listen, listen, God is using that time, this suffering and affliction and all these hard trials and tribulations to strengthen you that you can receive a glory that he desires to place upon your life. Why do you think the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works that glorifies your Father in heaven? That light ain't just like a light bright shining. It's that you've been through affliction and glory is what's bright that other men may see. That doesn't bring glory to you because you don't steal glory. It brings the glory to God. Why would I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you about any of my problems if I looked at you and you looked like you wasn't going through nothing. Why am I going to tell you? You're not going to understand. Nobody can minister to me better than another person that has a heart condition because I got a heart condition. Nobody can minister to another prostitute than another person that was a prostitute. Nobody can minister to a drug addict that used to then better than a person that used to be a drug addict. Come on now, there's, there's people in here that know you're a hypocrite, know you're a liar. You can't minister to another liar unless you've suffered the fact of trying to tell the truth all the time. That was for somebody. Some of you in here right now, and I can feel it, I feel it as I'm speaking. You have a hard time telling the truth. You want to tell the truth, but you don't even know why you lie so much. This is, this is not even a rebuke. This is the Lord loving you. You've asked the Lord, just like you will tell a lie, and you go, why did, I? In, your, in your heart, you go, why did I just lie? I didn't have, I didn't have to. Look, I didn't even have to lie, but I did anyway. God wants to set you free from that today. But you're going to have to struggle. You're going to have to go around just blatantly telling the truth about some things. I'm telling you, say straight up. Start telling stuff that you would never even tell before, because that power of the truth will set you free. Know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, I'm going to prove something to you about suffering. I'm going to prove something to you about suffering, then I'm going to close this. So, Danny, come on up. Twice, Jesus was offered wine while he was on the cross. Twice. He refused the first, but he drank the second. He refused the first drink of wine but he drank the second. The first time he was offered this wine was in Mark chapter 15, 22 and 23. And it reads this. And they brought him to a place called Golgotha, which is Calvary, translated the place of skulls. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but Jesus did not drink it. Now, according to old tradition, respected women of Jerusalem would provide a narcotic drink to those that were commend to death in order to decrease their sensitivity to the excruciating pain. What they did was, it's a tradition. It was showing mercy. Showing mercy to the people that were condemned to die so they didn't suffer so bad. It's like somebody coming to you before your surgery and go, here, take this Vicodin, take this Dilaudid, take this codeine, because your pain won't be so bad. Because the pain that they suffered on the cross was excruciating pain. We're talking about hanging up there for hours. And what they did was they go by to each person condemned to death, no matter what they did. Drink this wine. We mix myrrh in it. 
drink it so you won't be in so much pain. But Jesus refused to. He refused to drink it. Jesus didn't drink the wine mixed with myrrh. He chose to endure the full consciousness and suffering that was appointed to him. He says, no, I have to endure the cross. Not having my senses dulled to the pain and agony of this light affliction. You wouldn't call the cross a light affliction, would you? But he did. Because Christ saw past his suffering. He saw your faces. He said, if I endure this suffering, it'll be light compared to the reward and glory that I'll get later. Second drink they offer Jesus. In Mark chapter 15 and 36, it says, Then some ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink, saying, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come and take him down. Now, some of us think that they were trying to mock Jesus and giving him vinegar. Some, some translations say vinegary wine. They think they, people like they were just trying to mock him because we'll see if Elijah's going to come and get him. Watch this. Back in those days, it was tradition to drink a sour wine for people that worked very hard. The Romans and even the Hebrews, when they worked out in the fields, instead of taking water, they would drink this vinegary wine that would, it would quench their thirst a whole lot better than water. It's almost like drinking Gatorade. If you worked out really hard and you're like out there and you know you got some more hours to do, you would rather have a nice cool uh, drink of Gatorade or Powerade or something. It quenches your thirst much better so that you can keep going on with your work. They offered Jesus this vinegary, sour wine, and Jesus drank it. Why did he drink it? To prolong his suffering. To make it longer. Because if he didn't drink it, he, his thirst would have kept going and he would have probably died. But he said, no, I want to endure the full suffering that has been appointed to me. So he drank to quench his thirst so that he could hang on the cross just a little bit longer. Because God knew, he said, see, this is why he was at the end was able to look up. He says, I've done all that I had to do. I've suffered everything that you've given to me, God, that you told me to do. And he looked up and he says, it is finished. Jesus drank so that he could stay up there longer, endure the full conscious pain and agony that he had to suffer. Saying to God, this is the cup that Jesus asked to pass from him when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, if there be any other way, Lord, let this cup pass. It was the cup of suffering. He said, but nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. So today I want to ask you this. What pain are you trying to dull? What suffering are you trying to find a shortcut for? What are you taking to ease your pain? What are you doing to numb your senses? 
What suffering has been appointed to you that you're trying to delay? God desires a place of glory on your life so that you'll be able to endure it and hang and handle it and it won't crush you. But it's going to allow others to see your light that glorifies him in heaven. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.